Welcome to Junubia Girl Talks, our creative series. We are with Manasseh Mathiang, South Sudanese musician and activist. So we're just going to take a ride today and see how it goes. Um, Grace, how you doing? How you feeling? Okay, cool. I'm good. Thanks. Okay, good. <laughs> and Manasseh, how are you doing? Tell us which part of the world you're joining us from and what's going on on your side. Uh, I'm good, and uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm not going to talk about which part of the world I'm, okay. I'm talking from. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> like the wind. I'm everywhere. Uh, okay. I'm right behind you. I'm right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, there and everywhere. Yeah, there and everywhere. I like that. I like that. Okay, so no, this is such an honor to have you on. As you know, we're doing a creative series, so we're talking to musicians, models, artists, just different South Sudanese creatives and, you know, taking a little dig in their mind and, and you know, seeing what their world is like and also um, providing our audience with some insight about creativity and things like that. Um, so we like to start off with an icebreaker. Since you're here, there, and everywhere, okay, Tell us, if you could wake up anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would it be? Wow, that's interesting. Uh, if I was to wake up anywhere in the world, where would that be? Um, <clears throat> wow, interesting. I would want to wake up in the Imatong Hills. Okay. Tell us where that's at. I'm not sure where that's located. Yeah, Allah. That is the <laughs> tallest point of in our country. What do you mean? <laughs> it's in Eastern Equatoria. So, yeah, I would, I would love to... Uh, I, I hear a lot uh, uh, about uh, how beautiful it is. Okay. Uh, I've never been there. I, 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 I want to I go there. Okay, yeah. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I, I got my yellow card. Well, I guess, Grace, you got your yellow card. <laughs> what about you? If you could wake up anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would it be? Oh, wow. If I could wake up anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would it be? It would be in London. Oh, okay. That's different. How, why? That. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. That's cool. So for me, that's interesting. I think I will wake up. My last answer was, I think, Virgin Islands. My answer now would be Japan. Um, Why? Yeah, it would be Japan. It would be Japan, which is so different because I'm usually going to comment Africa. Um, but Japan, because I've been watching some anime and I just think like the culture is like so fascinating and so interesting. Um I would like to go like to the mountains and like see the snow mm. and like, oh my it's just, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, so yeah, I would want yeah. to experience it. Do you know, actually, um, I've always, but it's like, I don't really want to go to Japan without, or, or like Asia or anything without money. Um, mm -hmm. Just because of, I know how they treat black people that. Mm. They do have like some crazy landscapes and I love the fact you know the those blossom trees the ones that have like pink petals yeah um yeah. yeah they have those everywhere in Japan like there's this area where it's just pink trees I really want to yeah. see that and then also um I know a few people that have lived there too um and just all oh, China as well and just the culture there um, mm -hmm. apparently this specific time of the day everyone stops what they're doing and they start doing yoga or or, or that or some kind of um, meditation or whatever all at mm -hmm. the same time they just stop what they're doing um mm -hmm. the, the people from there and they just start meditating or whatever it is they're doing and I was just like that's pretty sick I want to witness that myself mm -hmm. and, um, they've got really cool things and apparently in Japan when you walk around you don't all you hear is this cars you don't hear people they don't and in in restaurants and stuff also you don't hear people because they whisper they don't like because you know what um you know it's like here you just hear people screaming here there and everywhere but um, mm -hmm. apparently you don't there so I thought that was pretty interesting yeah that's, that's an interesting one I know a few people yeah. that have gone there and then 
because they also like just doing like wanting to see the um what's that thing called the hello kitty places and then what are those other things mario yeah. kart apparently you can dress up as mario kart and go oh. cars or something in the city i thought that was mm-hmm. interesting too that is interesting that is interesting yeah like their their landscape to me is just mm. beautiful you know, even like their arc, I guess you would call it architecture, but like how their buildings are, yeah. they just have such rich untapped culture. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Hopefully I'll get a chance to go one day. Yeah. Music, music and activism. So tell us like, what was your upbringing like? And um, how did, how did it shape who you are today? Um, I was born in Khartoum, Sudan. Um, um, my father is a pastor, uh, so um, 1992, uh, we were we we moved to Kenya, uh, where I uh, did most I, I I grew up most of my life in Nairobi. I did all my education here uh, in Nairobi, and um, in the year 2011. Um, I decided to move back, of course, to uh, celebrate uh, our new uh, country. We celebrate home. So growing up, um, I uh, grew up in church, and um, I'm also from a musical family. Um, I remember as a kid, um, my uh, elder siblings uh, nicknamed me Jackson Six. Uh, at that time, I used to I hear that uh, I used to dance to Jackson Five um, music, and uh, I grew up watching my sister sing in church and uh, sing in uh, different um, occasions, and that um, inspired me to want to also uh, try out my artistic uh, gene. <laughs> um, but um, also, another thing that shaped my life today, uh, growing up in Kenya, um, I was comfortable. I was comfortable in school, uh, but um, I, I always felt foreign. I always felt like uh, I'm not really home. Uh, I grew up uh, singing the Kenyan national anthem. Uh, reciting what was called the loyalty pledge. Uh, I always uh, had that desire to sing uh, the Sudanese or the South Sudanese uh, national anthem. And uh, uh, I I didn't have that. And um, so uh, fast forward to today, um, when we got our independence, I was so excited. Uh, I felt uh, finally I, I I can be able to um, go back home and um, really be part of uh, a society that uh, values me, a society that accepts me as their own. And um, uh, I, 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 I thought that uh, finally... Um, now, uh, the generations behind me would uh, enjoy singing their national anthem, uh, going to school, um, and um, just enjoy the country. Uh, I always longed for that. And um, so when, um, after a long, hard, uh, a long struggle for independence after we got it and we went, we found ourselves uh, uh, fighting and killing each other. That pissed me off. That made me angry. And my anger is what drove me into uh, being an activist. Yeah. I just want to enjoy home. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that uh, longing to be home and wanting to sing your own national anthem. Would you say that's what inspired you to get into music or was it something else? No, it's just the love of music. Uh, as I mentioned, musical family. Yeah. Um, I, I, we grew up singing. Uh, yeah. Like, growing up, um, 
you know, my mother had a song for each and every one of us. Oh, uh, yeah. So, well, uh, like we, 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 there's music all, all over the house, and uh, yeah. I always loved music. And mm -hmm. uh, seeing, seeing my sisters sing um, in different occasions, uh, seeing the smiles in people's faces. Mm. They, uh, always made me want to do that and uh, yeah so I, I just loved singing mm. and I loved seeing people's smiles as, uh, as, as, as I sung yeah yeah no that's, that's beautiful <laughs> say that again that is why I got into music Mm -hmm. No, that's interesting. So I was going to say that there's like millions of people love music, but to actually make it, I feel like you have to either see people creating it and feel confident, you know, feel confident enough to do it. Um, because there is, there is loving music and then there is loving to sing. Mm, yeah. There are people who love to listen to music and there are people who love to sing. Mm -hmm. I, I I I loved singing. I loved uh, hearing um uh like uh just just seeing people's reactions. Uh, also, just listening to different uh, tunes, different voices. Uh, I loved the a cappella that uh, sounds that my sisters used to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I I I love to experiment with different voices. Yeah, uh, a kid. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Who were some of your um, early inspira musical inspirations outside of your family? Ah, uh, outside my family. Uh, growing, um, yes, there was uh, of course Bob Marley. Mm. Kanda Bongoman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can already hear the music Uli. in my head. Uh, right, and, right. Uh, 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 With his little suit Ali, and the Ali, hat. Ali, um, I used to enjoy uh, Coolio. Uh, uh, remember Boys to Men? Yeah. I yeah. still listen to Boys to Men. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So some and then there is uh this uh artist called Gadit. Mm. Uh, yeah, my parents used to keep on playing his music. Mm. Okay. Uh, I loved uh listening to the voice the, the sound of the Rababa. And uh yeah. Okay. That's that sounds like a Nice mixture of different sounds. How about how about you, Grace? What, what were your earlier musical inspirations? I feel like I know this answer, but <laughs> yeah, no, you already know my vibe. Like very Kanda Bongo Man, Yonder Sister type of vibes. My dad would play that all the time, so mm -hmm. that's literally mm -hmm. what I grew up on. And yeah, yeah, I know that's what I grew up on. That's what I can remember. And even yeah. listening to it, all of Yonder Sister's videos, my dad had the what's it called? What is that thing that you put? Is it a set? Is it a v, VHS or something? No, VHS, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I sound like, um, what are they called? Z Gen or whatever? Because I, I've even forgotten <laughs> what they're called. Cassette player, whatever yeah. it is. My dad used to have um, all of Yondo Sister and like Kanderbonk. So I'd put it on, I'd have wow. it on repeat, and I'm just following the dances on repeat. So yeah, that's what I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember that too. I can remember the Awilos, the Kofis. Um, we had Gregory Isaac, Sade, Mabilia Bell. I think she's from, she from Nairobi, Kenya. I think she's from Kenya. I think she's a Kenyan singer. Brenda. Um, oh no, she's Congolese. Congolese, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love her music. Like till this day, I still look up her music on YouTube and listen. Her voice is just so unique. Um, Brenda Fassi, some South African gospel, like all those sounds, like they never leave you, right? Like they're mm -hmm. long time ago, but they're kind of embedded in our DNA, I feel like. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so who would you collaborate with today? A South Sudanese artist, who would you collaborate with? Good question. Who would you like to collaborate with? Uh, Gordon Kong. Okay. I want uh, to uh, uh, collaborate with Emmanuel Kembe. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Kembe is dope. Uh, and of course, uh, I'm looking forward to collaborate with uh, Ruth Pathian, my eldest. <laughs> I've mm, not done cool. that yet. Not done yeah. yet. And uh, yeah, I want to do that. That's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. Does Emmanuel Kembe still make music? I haven't heard anything um, recently. I feel like I have to go and search up and see. I know some of his old music is still online, but I don't know if he's made anything new. But it would be nice to have a veteran in the music, you know, release I know some new stuff. I know he's performing and he's, uh, he's, he's one of the best performers that we have so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, that's that's beautiful. And um, I know you also collaborated with Lu Jung, who we recently had here, who, who came and talked to us as well. You guys did like an acoustic session or something like that. That was really cool to watch. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can get into your album, Hagiga. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, that journey. First of all, for the people that don't know, what does Hagiga mean? And how did you come up with that um, title for the album? Okay, um, Hagiga is um, my second album. Okay. Uh, the first album uh, was released in 2008. It was fully gospel. It was uh, mm-hmm. Voice of My Heart is the name of the album. Okay. Then uh, 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 for Hagiga, um, I started recording the songs... Uh, pretty much from 2014 i just did a song and then i stayed some years without doing uh another song uh at that time i had i really had a break from music uh but in 2021 um okay 2016 um when i co-founded anataban uh i was focused mostly on movement building and uh trying to create platforms for us and 2021, when I stepped down from my role as the initiative coordinator, I thought to myself that I need to come back and do, uh, come back to my, uh, uh, to my arts. Uh, why I came up with Agiga? Um, I do music uh, not just to entertain. I do music to tell um, my story, to tell my truth. So through Hagig, through Hagiga, uh, I wanted to speak my mind. I wanted to speak about what's in my heart, and uh, just to say my truth. And uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's 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 the inspiration behind Hagiga. So um, every song in that album has a different um, meaning to me, uh, and. Uh, and and, and uh, the, um, like when I do music, um, the approach is I don't do music to like uh, you know create a hit. You know, I I I do music to try and inspire somebody to try and um, change a life, and also to try and uh, uh, tell my story. So when doing Hagiga, um, I, 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 I wanted to uh, like just create that uh, platform for myself to tell my truth and also encourage others to freely tell their own truth, uh, tell their own story. Yeah. That's really dope. <laughs> That's yeah. dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really love um, Goa on the on the album. It's such a dope song. I have it on all the time, and it's on it's on my like my daily playlist. So I love that track. What um, what made you like create that specific track? What was like the inspo behind that one? So uh, Goi, um, you know, uh, it's. I believe that uh, I believe in people power. 
I believe that um, for a nation to succeed, the people have to know that uh, they uh, have the right, have the power to uh, really decide um, on uh, what happens in the country. Mm. Uh, I believe that each and every one of us has a role to play. We are all powerful. And uh, yeah, so uh, in the song I was talking about, uh, Myself, I believe that I am powerful mm -hmm. uh, and um, I have a role to play and I'm going to play my role mm -hmm. in trying to uh, make South Sudan or just being um, making my country to be the country that I want it to be. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I can decide I'm the boss and we are all bosses in our country. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and that's what the song is all about. And... Um, Another inspiration of the song, uh, in the second verse, I talk about Mkinana Rasam Zemido, which is basically saying I might be an artist like Mido. Mm -hmm. There was this young man, he's now, I think, you know, 20. Mm. By the time I wrote the song, I think he was 18, he was called Mido. Uh, during the revolution, he uh, and other visual artists painted more than 100 murals that actually inspired the uh, 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 the, the movements and the the, 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 uh, the protest that even led to the downfall of, of Bashir. And uh, I was like, wow, this young man really... Uh, and there was a time he was even arrested. And I was like, this young man has dedicated his life uh, in, uh, to his nation and he... He's um, uh, using the skill that he has, and he's using his skill in powerful ways. Uh, so, um, yeah, th th that's uh, I also mentioned him in the in the song. So, uh, in short, I'm just trying to encourage people that you know what, um, everybody can make a difference. You just have to believe in yourself. You are goby. You are powerful. Yeah, that's what the song is all about. Mm, that's dope. Thank you for explaining that to us. It, it, and it was a powerful explanation too. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. Goey. I like happy. Happy was a was a nice one. And then what's the other one? Um for peace or is it oh peace sign. Peace sign. Yeah, peace sign was nice. So with all these titles, Goey, Peace Sign, Leadership Crisis, Happy. Um, how, if someone was to ask you, hey, like describe the theme of the album, would you say like it is about empowerment or story sharing? How how would you just kind of put together the theme of the album or the concept? Uh, I wouldn't say that there is one particular theme. <laughs> uh, yeah, because um, different songs have uh, uh, different energies and different um, um, uh, themes and inspiration behind then there's one particular thing, uh, but at the end of the day, it's basically just about, uh, yeah, me me saying my truth. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. just a specific, yeah, theme. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I mean, art is fluid too, right? So I guess I guess in the other side of it, like maybe there isn't a theme. It's just whatever expression is coming out, you just put it together. So tell us, this is your second album now. Tell us what was, what were some lessons that you learned along the way? Now it's your second time around. Um, what were some challenges you had faced creating this album? Mm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so um, the first album was easier. It was... Uh, 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 the voice of my heart album was basically mostly uh, just it's I think it's just a conversation between me and my creator um, so uh, it, it, it was it was easy but this this album uh, you know I had really um, stayed a long time without uh, uh, taking like a, a long break from music uh, so um, and at that time, recording these songs, I was also busy. Mm 
<laughs> I was more busier. I, I didn't have so much time. And uh, so, um, uh, like, I was trying to balance the two. But then um, many of the songs I, I realized I created out of anger. Uh, so there are different emotions there in the songs. Um, there are songs where I was really angry. Uh, there was a song like Happy, uh, which I was happier. Uh, <clears throat> there were songs that were painful to write, uh, like Giwaja. Uh, there was this, uh, like Tears. And uh, yeah, uh, like there was just uh, different emotions doing this album. And uh, by the time I released the album, I released it when I was also um, uh, living in exile. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I wished I could release it at home in South Sudan, uh, but I, uh, I couldn't. So uh, it, it, it's, it's also being outside the country, it's also challenging. Distribute the music to uh, your target audience, your primary target audience, who are the yeah. South Sudanese, and um, yeah. So you, you, yeah. So that was some of the challenges. Yeah. Uh, and then also um, there are some songs that uh, were quite. Uh, what can I say? Um, like, um, for example, leadership crisis. I wrote the verse, those verses like, uh, like I don't know, ten times or so. I will wow. write, write the verse and, uh, uh, yeah, I was, I will be like, uh, no, this is too much. Let me, let me calm down a bit. Let me calm down a bit. Uh, I write, I write, I record. The producer is like, Manasse, uh, uh, I like the flow, but the messaging, uh. Yeah, just, 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 just tone it down. Try to, uh, just, just try to be, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I, I like the final result of the album. I, I learned a lot uh, recording the album and actually also um, uh, marketing the album. Yeah, uh, there are some lessons that I'm going to. Uh, uh, work uh, like I'm going to work on in the next album, which I am current. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. That that was um, insightful. I always think about creatives, whether you're a designer, a painter, um, an author, a musician. There's a process that you, I mean, first you have life happening, right? Like outside of your art, but then there's that process of like even getting the energy to create and then it's like putting out the work is a whole nother beast in and of itself so it's a process and sometimes when i see fans online like demand work from their favorites i'm like you guys don't know the energy and effort it takes to even mm. not only create something but to put it out so um i think that's important and i wish that more artists would share um you know sort of process that Mm. Go ahead, Grace. No, I said, yeah, the process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the pro for some people, it's easy, right? Like some people could just drink some alcohol, get in the studio, record something, and it'd be out in two days. But I think when you're creating also, with... It also depends on the type of music you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if uh, there's some songs that are just easy. I, 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 in, in a day, I could record more than 20 songs just mm -hmm. about partying and... Uh, yeah, uh, and that's what they're creating—the ones that are jumping in with a bottle and can bang something out in two hours. Okay, so wait. And talking about like, <laughs> yeah. I have to say this. This makes me think about this. Like Lauren Hill, everyone knows that you know she created like literally the R and B album of the century to me, and everyone's like, "Oh, she only had one album." You know, like how could she only give us one album? Where's the other album? And I'm like. It takes a lot for some people, especially when you're like a deep thinker and, and you know, you're also an activist and you just 
contemplate life and society and the human condition, like, I feel like it takes a lot more out of you to put something out. So even Sade, she's one of my favorites. You know what I heard um, Lauren say in an interview when she was asked that question, she said that um, she needs to, she can't just bang out album after album. She has to experience life in between albums because how is she going to create without having an experience? Yeah. And then you're just like feeding into consumerism right if you just okay i drop an album this year and i'm dropping an album another year like people don't really get to sit with it like bob marley's greatest albums are still being played till this day because they're so good he doesn't we don't need, ever need if he was still alive today we would never need you know another album because those bodies of work are so good so sometimes i feel like creatives get pressured to keep creating because you're you want to feed the consumer's appetite and it's very important to, like, not get caught up in that, you know? You know, but, that's probably um, I, why Emmanuel Kembe is not releasing anything new, because his <laughs> old stuff doesn't need to be changed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I can still go on YouTube and play, too. Yeah, Are he's already a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. So, so thank you for sharing that, Manasseh. Um, I'll go on to the next point, which is um, tell us about your favorite performance that you've had. Um, and you know, where you hope, like, what is, where do you hope to like perform in the future? What are some goals that you have as a musician? Like, I want to, you know, do this festival or touch this stage. Do you have any of those aspirations? Um, my favorite performance, uh, was actually a small event. Uh, it was, uh, there was a small event in Nairobi, hmm. um, but uh, the reason that it was my favorite was it, it was my favorite was not really uh, the crowd, but a specific individuals who attended the event. Uh, my son and my nieces attended the event, and they mm-hmm. my son always wanted to see me perform, and uh, that day uh, he saw me perform. He joined me on stage. Wow. And okay. Yeah, it, it it felt good. It felt good. I mm-hmm. like actually performing just for him. Mm. Wow! So many people. There were so many people around, uh, but uh, I felt that he was my my audience. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. special. Yeah, yeah and it, so it was also also uh, uh, one of those events that I was actually uh, a bit nervous before performance. Like, okay, this one I have to really uh, do a good performance, give him something memorable to yeah. to think about. And uh, yeah, so I that was my most memorable show. Yeah. Uh, and then on a, a stage that I really want to uh, be in, I wouldn't really... Uh, point out a particular uh, but uh, my my interest is just uh, uh, to reach out to people as possible with my music and to mm-hmm. be able to influence the thoughts the culture uh, the life of anyone that listens to my music mm-hmm. so grace you said you listen to goey uh, on rotation if goey has not inspired you or made you uh, want to really uh, 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 explore your your power uh, then um, uh, that song is useless to me mm. so I want to ensure that who, wherever, wherever stage that I step into uh, the audience uh, have an experience that they go back home and uh, want to think different or be different yeah yeah dude your your responses are so powerful i'm just like uh, when you finish talking i'm like just it's like a breath of fresh air to be honest but um do you know i think my neighbors um have listened to it too because i kind of blast my music when especially when i'm cooking and cleaning and just or just like I just play my music loud anyway, so they probably heard it as well. I like that. Increase the volume. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but I have a little bass subwoofer. Um, 
So I'm going to ask you to think about, you know, what advice you would have for upcoming uh, African, East African, South Sudanese, Kenyan um, musicians. Uh, but before that, I wanted to get into a video that you released. It was on a domestic, a domestic violence awareness. It was like a campaign. And it was a very unique video. You were like silent and, you know, the messages were um, shown to the camera. So um, tell us how that came about and, you know, if that was like an idea you had or someone approached you. What, what was that like? Um, when I first came to Juba in 2011, I had some experience. Um, so one day I was uh, walking with uh, one of my cousins. Then um, in the middle of the road, there was a guy who was beating, there was a man who was beating a woman. Hmm. Uh, so I was angry. I wanted to go and stop it. So I was held back by uh, the people that I was with. Hmm. And I'm like, Why are you stopping me? I'm, there's someone being beaten there. And uh, so they were like, uh, can't you see that you're the only one who's trying to do something? I said, yeah, so why? Uh, they were like, you know, that could be his wife. And uh, you don't uh, interfere uh, with... Um, uh, 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 couples. Yeah, domestic. Yeah, domestic. And um, so like, uh, yeah, so like it it really disturbed me, uh, and uh, I I got to realize that in Juba, uh, there's so much of these cases, mm. and um, uh. Uh, like a couple uh, uh, having issues, the wife uh, being uh, like really physically beaten. Mm. Neighbors just watch and uh, they keep saying that, you know what, you can't interfere. Mm. Uh, this is just, this is a family issue. Uh, you don't interfere in family issues. Uh, I've heard stories where women will go and report in the police station and they will be sent back that you know what go and sort out your family issue mm. and uh, so I, I i i really uh thought to myself you know what let me just uh let, let me let me do a video mm. yeah saying much yeah Again, yeah. powerful response I'm just like you know, deep we're just like just taking it in yeah Trust me, Manasa, I have so many questions, but I'm trying to like go, you know, in, in time. But this is such a great conversation. Um, we have about five minutes left. But real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts on Leadership Crisis, the, the song off the album. Um, obviously, it's hard for me to listen to it and not think about what's happening in Sudan right now. Um, what advice as an activist? Obviously, you care about people. You care about your community. What advice as an activist would you have for the people who are displaced right now, who are suffering and sort of just looking for a way forward? Um, before I give them give an advice to those who are displaced, um, I, I want to talk about what motivated me to write this song. Yeah, uh, please. Yeah. Uh, for uh, anything uh, to go well in a particular place, the leadership uh, had to be involved. For this mm -hmm. podcast to be and to really... Uh, uh, be as organized as it is. You people are very organized, by the way. Um, leadership had to uh, be in place. And for every terrible thing that you, that you see around, there's also leadership that that that, that happened. And uh, I believe in, in, the, in the album, uh, basically, I was speaking to the African population uh, uh, for, in the song. And uh, it was like, for me, what I believe our biggest issue is uh, leadership. We have a leadership crisis, and it, uh, unfortunately, in the Sudans, both Sudan and South Sudan, uh, that is our biggest problem. 
uh, our biggest problem is not uh, the literacy level. Our biggest problem is not the flooding or, uh, uh, you know, our le- biggest problem is leadership. We have a leadership crisis. That is our biggest problem. Uh-huh. And uh, for those who are displaced right now in Sudan, um, they have nothing to do with the war that is happening. They absolutely, they have absolutely nothing. People who are trying to mind their own business. Some woman was trying to sell Tisali. Some man was trying to just sit down and enjoy his Tisali. And uh, some uh, soldiers, just, uh, some, some two people just decided that uh, it is important for them to uh, fight uh, uh, and... Uh, destroy everybody's life it's like uh, uh you know like yeah sudan is not about them it's not about the two you know uh there's so many people's lives that have been uprooted because of that conflict um the last i the last i checked i think it was 751 people 71000 people displaced uh, and there are those who are still in uh khartoum and they can't leave have money to leave uh, they have just been yeah. destroyed like that. And uh, that is the same thing. 60,000 are in Chad or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's the same thing I remember uh, in 2013 and 2016 in Juba uh, when we all had hopes and dreams and uh, people were planning and uh, to, 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 to fix the country, build lives. And uh, yes, yeah, some... People thought that it is wise for them to take us back to war. So uh, I, I would like to uh, just tell those that are displaced, really sorry, Malish. And um, I, I uh, like there's no words to to, to really uh, encourage uh, to encourage them, but uh, just to tell them that we are standing in solidarity. Uh, but uh, again, uh, it's so painful what's happening in these countries. Yeah. Yeah. Can I add thank to that? you for that. Go ahead, Grace. Um, like Manasi said, people are not only displaced. There are people that are inside Sudan that can't, don't want to leave. They don't. They don't want to be further displaced. Um, there's some people that returned, came back from South Sudan when um, things went south um, in around 2013, they moved back to Sudan for some sort of stability and it's more um, economically um, makes sense for them and financially they're more stable in Sudan. And now they've all had to go back um, to South Sudan to what, like, we don't even know. So after this, after we finish this recording, we're gonna drop at the bottom of this um, episode where you can donate from to get um because there are groups helping people evacuate from Sudan and there are um groups at the border waiting also and um so please donate if you can't donate share the link um whichever links we drop and there are uh, also groups that are um that are showing safe passages there are groups that are um, providing food supplies with the safe passages, um, there's people there to help. So if you have family stuck, cause I have, um, that don't wanna leave because they feel like even going to South Sudan, even though there's like, there's safety for them there, they still don't wanna leave because they feel like they're gonna be more displaced. So if you can share a link, share a link, if you're at work and we're all scattered all over the world. So if you can share the link, share it. If you can't donate yourself, people at your workplace might want to donate like my manager came to me today actually the owner of where I work and she said whatever you need Grace let me know so we can donate so if you can't share it because I know a lot of South Sudanese people also feel like this isn't their concern but a lot of South Sudanese people live in Sudan like do you think that um separation happened and all of a sudden we decided like everyone magically ended up in south sudan that's not what happened 
that is not what happened. A lot of people still live in Sudan and they've had to move back because South Sudan is not working. It's not economically, um, it doesn't economically make sense, doesn't financially make sense, no education, zero, no healthcare. That's why they're in Sudan. So this concerns you, even the oil situation, it concerns you. So I find it strange when South Sudanese all over my social media are just ignoring the matter. How are we gonna move together as a collective if we keep ignoring the matter? It's not my problem. I live outside, this is my life. Okay, that's fine. But like, um, what are you gonna tell your children in the future about where they come from? You, you've done zero to help. So please share the link with whoever you can and share the, um, if you see a post that says donate, just share it. If you don't wanna be involved, just share it. And that's literally all I have to say. I, I really do just wanna take this opportunity for a brief moment of silence for everyone who's lost their lives, everyone who has been displaced, um, everyone who lost everything and everyone who's trying to figure it out. And then, you know, for those who are risking their lives to try and help people. So let's just take a brief moment of silence for them. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, so we're coming up at the end of this episode. This was so fruitful. Mansa, I really hope we get to have this conversation or reasoning with you again in the future about all the other different things. Today, we're just scratching the surface. Um, I want us to wrap up with a quick little fast five. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, all right. Um, Emmanuel Kembe's music or Mohamed Wardi's music? Kembe. <laughs> <laughs> all right um reggae or hip-hop reggae okay um recording or performing performing okay and writing on your phone or writing on a piece of paper like music <laughs> okay all right all right and then I, we asked this to the Jung before, so we'll ask you one million dollars or one million fans. Um, if I can influence the lives of one million fans, I'm happy. I, I'm not so big into having followers, mm -hmm. but I'm big into trying to make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. So if I make a difference in one person's life through my music or one million people, yeah. I'm happy. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Let people know where they can find you and if you have anything you want to promote. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, again, you can find my music in different platforms. Uh, also, check out my website if you want to know more about me. Uh, www.manasemathiang.com uh, will help you really get to know what I'm up to. Mm -hmm. We have to get everything that I uh, that I'm doing. And uh, apart from that, there is a campaign that I'm uh, launching very soon. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Integabat uh, Lel Salam. Okay. Uh, calling for a peaceful election. Okay. And uh, I would want to ask you, uh, once that campaign rolls out, it's not a Manasseh Matian campaign, it's for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, we are to have the first democratic election since independence mm -hmm. uh, next year, uh, hopefully, if our politicians decide to uh, act up. Um, we are supposed to have that, and if we are to have it, uh, my desire is that it's going to be peaceful uh, at every stage. Mm -hmm. um, we can only get that if the citizens at large call for a peaceful elections. Mm 
No. So I want to ask you when you when the call is made, join me. Let us demand a peaceful election. Let's demand our leaders to be serious. Uh, right now, there's so much that needs to be done that is not done mm-hmm. for us to have an election. And it almost seems like there is a deliberate effort to ensure that uh, 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 there is, that, that this election is not uh, uh, as credible as we need it to be. Mm. Uh, it's only when the citizens pick up, uh, when, the, when the citizens take this seriously, mm-hmm. that this will uh, take it serious. Mm, facts. Yaude. Facts. That's a good message. Peaceful elections. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's that's it for me, Grace. Any final thoughts for you? Are you signing mm-hmm. out? No, this um this has been a very enlightening episode. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed listening to you. Um and yeah, thank you for joining us. I mean really appreciate it. And um yeah. Oh we'll wait, I just, all... I just... no, no, go on. Oh, I just remembered. I had asked you earlier, Manasa, um, for any advice you have to give for aspiring musicians slash activists. Um, did you get a chance to think about that? And what would you say to them? Go for it. Go for it. Uh, there, is, there is nothing too difficult for you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't always just don't always look at uh, the impossibilities. Try to, try to see that little uh, light of that hope, that 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 little mm. window mm. and use it there's uh, uh like there's all like chance uh chances comes to 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 people every now and then just try try just try just try and for the activist uh yeah you believe in a cause uh go for it in mm. south sudan we have so many um uh, employees of civil society organizations and less active. so uh, yeah uh, if you believe in something go for it and to the two of you thank you for inviting me I was like why are they inviting me for a Genubia a girl's talk <laughs> girl's talk Manas <laughs> Uh, the girl talk includes everybody. The girl talk involves everybody. Yeah, the girl talks is well rounded, but Do you know, um, can I add a little quote from my um one of my really good friends? He's called Paro and um he's a creative too, and he said God created us to create, so create. Um so yeah, no, that definitely is the vibe I'm getting from this collective right now. Absolutely. And Manasa has to blow in different directions after this podcast. So <laughs> um, peace to you. Blessings. Thank you for your work. Um, everything that you do. Thank you for being an inspiration. Grace, many blessings to you. And um, see you guys on the next episode of Junubia Girl Talks. Masalam. Bye. All right.